fact that they cannot kill Bitcoin. Broadcasting from Essex, it's the 5th of October and you're listening to Salonomics. The Bitcoin price is currently $50,120, Joe. We've broken through the 50k barrier. $1 will get you 1,995 satoshis. I am your host, Aaron Dawn, and joining me once again from North London is my hair, Roger Hallam. Joe Mimic. Oh, hello, God Almighty! Why him, man? Jesus Christ! The guy well, is a total loser. He's all over loser. the news, mate. And obviously, you shared a little story about about him earlier. So I thought, how can I cause the maximum <laughs> offence to Joe Mehmet? Is let's <laughs> let's call him the person that he's spent all morning slagging off. Well, I'm, look, the the, the, the worst thing about who is he? Right? First of all, Joe. Just, well, just is, so people... is this uh, is is the um, extension of extinct? Um, internet Britain now is it started with um, extinct rebellions right and now it's all morphed into internet Britain so again right you're talking about someone who doesn't have principles you know I believe like someone like Lenin Stalin Hitler they all have principles right they're stacked by you know I mean if you if you're a tyrant tyrant tyranny tyranny right you've got principles even John McDonald of the Labour Party you know so like um what was those um, Arthur Scargill or these guys, right? They have principles that they didn't deviate. You may not agree with them, but they believe in their principles, right? So they're stuck with their um, ideology. Now, yeah, you know where they here, stand. You're going to know yeah. where they stand on stuff. Yeah, and, and it doesn't matter what the landscape is, that is how they're going to be, be, be with their beliefs, right? Which is, I don't respect that. Now, this guy, Roger Hallam, right, is an activist. He started with, um, you know, he's sort of like... Uh, extinct rebellion and now he's gone to insulate britain so he doesn't really believe extinct rebellion and he's gone to insulate britain and he's going to morph into something else now this guy all right he was an organic farmer all right in wells and his organic farm completely collapsed all right and yeah. he blamed it on extreme weather conditions we're talking about wells for a start right where it's more green than anything else yeah, so there's going to be there's going to be less. I mean, organic farming, right, needs sort of constant weather, doesn't it? So like a temperature of a certain level, the soil, all these kind of things, right, for it to grow. Now, I don't know if Wales is a perfect place for organic farms or anything. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not into all that. But he's a failed businessman. All right. That's how I see him. I don't see him as an activist. I don't see him as a a believer. I think he's a failed. He's a failed businessman. He's blaming something for his own failures, which is what a lot of people do in life, don't they? You know, oh, my business failed because of staff shortage or COVID or um, uh, the credit crunch or whatever. Mm. No, mate, you just had a bad business model. You, you know what I mean? So yeah, for me, I suppose that's so, convenient, isn't it? You know, organic farming, let's blame climate change for exactly. the fact that I can't grow crops. Crop, right? So obviously, now, if, he lived into... in, if he lived in Ethiopia or somewhere like that during a huge drought, he would have a point. Yeah. But I mean, but then, come on. But, yeah, exactly. Or if he went to sort of like, a, where's a perfect Los Angeles, where the weather's kind of more constant, isn't it? You know, just, mm. it's never sunny, it's never, it's never cold. It's just a nice level of temperature. Now and then they get extreme conditions, like a really hot type of thing, but it never gets cold. 
I can understand, but you know, this guy, he just blame everything. Even even when for um, in 2019, right, the European Parliament election, right, uh, he went in as an independent, right, out of 2.2 million votes, how many votes did he get? A couple of hundred. Well, 924 to be exact, right? So, yeah. So, again... It's like less than 0.001%. So, the guy's a loser. Mm. And anybody that follows him has to be a loser, first yeah. speaking. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, you, you, yeah. You know what I mean? That's well, that's a, good, that's, that's a powerful start to the show. In a way, it feels like you've used your under the bus segment right at the beginning sorry it was I'm just sort of like saying that you know I don't see myself as a loser but this guy's definitely a loser in my opinion and you know what I mean I really would love to get in line in in front of the queue right with those um, those because I'd just smash him up I really would if I was going somewhere can I play a clip then I mean I've got a clip uh, that I saw yesterday that was really really funny you'll love this one um it was um, it was one of the videos that I think was on uh, the LBC feed on on Twitter. Now there is very bad language. I'm going to attempt to beep it out, but apologies in advance. You know, if you if you got little ones in the car, close their ears. These doofuses! They're all wearing these orange high vis. Um, high visibility uh, vests, aren't they? Um, and sitting in the road. Now there was—I don't know if anyone else saw this, but it's quite laughable. There was no police at this actual uh, demonstration where they're blocking the road. Uh, so literally, these builders just got out of the van and just literally started dragging them by the collars and just threw them out the road. Um, and, and and you know, there was obviously much applause from everybody. Um, yeah, but but yeah. but what were they do? They were just going back, though, weren't they? They were going back into the line. I mean, I, I you know, they, they drag them off the road, and then they just go back home. They drag. It's like sort of like it's like sort of like trying to sort of take the water out of a sinking boat. You know what I mean? Just they, they just kept going back into it, weren't they? You know what I mean? And like, yeah. and, the, and like you said, the police were doing absolutely nothing. You, you know what mm. I mean? There's that poor woman who. Um, it was going to said um, her mother, you know, so like it was taken to us, but she was pleading with us to move out of the way. Oh, we're sorry, we can't do that. We do sympathise with you. I mean, mm. how patronising is that? It's very right. patronising. Um, you know, yeah, I'll so, just smash him in the face. Yeah, well, let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, so yeah. setting up today's show, um, once again, we've got uh, a few kind of important topics we need to talk about this Joe Memo. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Facebook Instagram shortage that went out yesterday shortage. So it's definitely not a shortage of in- Instagram. There's an outage. There was a, a server outage yesterday. Um now obviously the conspiracy theories have kind of gone wild. So let's we we can talk about that centralization versus decentralization. Why yeah. you shouldn't be building your business on a platform like Facebook or Instagram. Certainly you shouldn't rely on those platforms anyway. But we we'll talk more about that in in the, the show. But I just want to use this point now. Let's get the air raid siren going. Um this is a competition giveaway, as you know, Joe Mehmet. We have some uh, free tickets to give away for the next show. 
um, run by Essex Hairdressers. So Norman Ellis of Essex Hairdressers given us five pair of tickets for the next showcase, which is fe featuring Paul Fortrick. Uh, the show happens in Chelmsford, Essex, on Monday the 1st of November. And the shows are great for young hair and beauty professionals um, to gain new insight, techniques, but also for a bit of networking as well. So these tickets are worth yes. £50 a pair. Um, so wow. if you if you want to uh, come and join us, because Joe is uh, exclusive for you, Joe and I are actually going to go to this show as well. Um, all, I, all we need you to do is download Telegram from your app store, join the Salonomics Telegram group, and then just say hi. That's it. And I will then basically uh, respond. I'll probably even send you some Satoshis. Um, but I can send you the tickets or the details of the tickets once you do that. And obviously, you're now incentivized to do that. Because if Facebook or Insta goes down again, then Telegram is, is basically that backup social media platform. You know, that really you want to get all of your clients on. Um one thing I do love about Joe, Me uh, Joe Mehmet, um, that I love about you, Joe Mehmet, and Telegram, is you don't have to pay uh, Facebook or Telegram as a platform in order to speak to your customers. Because, you know, obviously this is the problem with, you know, Facebook. It's, you know, you, you get everyone onboarded and you get a page with, you know, say a thousand people subscribing to it. And then basically Facebook come in and they put a paywall up in front of you talking to your customers. So they extract all your data and then they penalize you by, you know, having you having to then spend money on advertising to actually speak to your consumer base or your client list, which is obviously a bit scammy because if people knew that that was the scenario to begin with, probably wouldn't relied on facebook you know for 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 these services they would have just built their own website and just relied on that i don't know because i when when, when i opened my first um salon right uh i i, I mean facebook all this social media were the infancy right so we didn't really we weren't really gravitated to all that, but I do remember sort of gravitating to uh, towards shortcuts. Yeah, they were they were up and coming, sort of like a new model, sort of like um, fully automated type of uh, reception type of thing. And mm. and yeah, they actually paid X amount of money per month for for this uh, privilege of uh, booking appointment. The, the only thing I really liked about uh, shortcuts was the fact that you didn't really need an appointment book, you know, pen and paper. You could just mm. do it online. And But there was all these add-ons as well, like, you know, we saw emails and, sort of, not emails, text messages, reminders of things like that, right? Sometimes you think to yourself, oh, I wish I did send my client a reminder, you know what I mean? Because they mm. didn't turn up for their colour appointments and things like that, which is a lot of money. When, when a client, uh, a colour client don't turn up, it does cost the seller a lot lot more money than a blow dry or a manicure or a haircut. Right? So I understand yeah. all that. But I never did either because the thing is, the minute you start to move away from doing what you do best, which is customer service skills, right? One-to-one, -one, right? Then you lose focus of paying attention to detail at that instance. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's all very well being, I and mean, we were talking about AI, but I, I never saw, like, said that, um, 
you know, losing customer sort of like service skills is still very important. I know individual would be very, very different, but in today, like I'm going back 20 years ago to, to today's world, customer service skills is still very important. And when you start looking at the, the noise that's coming from Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, all these hairdressers, right? And all these so-called experts and things like that. It really doesn't tell me anything part of the fact that they're just lazy, Aaron. They're just purely lazy. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, right? And, and that is actually sort of like building a clientele organically. That is the only way you're going to get a strong foundation. It's all, it's all very well having 10,000 followers on Instagram or, or Facebook or whatever, right? And we've discussed it before. How many of them are actually paying customers? You, you know what I mean? Mm. So I, I kind of never understood how our industry relies so much on, uh, on social media to build their reputation. I just never understood it. Yeah. Well, this ultimately is... Um is a bit of an issue um, for salons because obviously they've kind of gone all in, haven't they? You remember yeah. when we was talking to your good friend last year uh, yeah. and we was saying, we was essentially giving her old analogue techniques of how to rebuild her clientele. But yes. the the techniques we were, you know, that we were bigging up were the old-fashioned ones. They were kind of actually right. the printing, you know, sending out a mail drop, you know, door to door. Um, and you know something like that kind of flies in the face of like you you'd think well why that's going backwards why would I do that well but it's the in, point in, of difference in, 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 isn't it it's the point of difference yeah, it's it, the fact that you're you're performing or you're you're basically advertising you're actually getting your name out there where all of your competitors are not, not. getting their name out in in that way. You know, well, it's, it's, it's direct marketing, Aaron, right? Because, you know, yeah, again, direct marketing. It, it, what's happened is COVID, right, has restricted movement an awful lot, all right? It has. Okay, I know there's all this noise about, you know, it's all kind of back in, you know, people going to the theatre, things like that, right? But when it comes to hairdressing, a lot of the, lot of the central um, salons were all reliant on passing by trade, day trippers, you know, tourists all these kind of things right but not one of them did actually ever consider looking at their next door neighbor you know or yeah. the people above flats or things like that it, you know so if it all right it is it does look very cheap right especially when you've got like you know, 50 million pound houses right you know right according to you and you put a leaflet through it it does sound a bit desperate you know what i mean it does sound desperate um and whereas, you know, where, where everybody's on social, on their phone, right, one minute. But you know what, sometimes just having a hard copy saying, here, we are here for you, this is what we do, and you're literally around a corner, you know, we're thinking, you know what, maybe I would give it a try. Because out there, people are people, doesn't matter how rich they are, they all have the same, we all have the same emotions, we all think the same. So it, it, it probably was sort of like beneath them to sort of go, do that leaflet drop in direct marketing. But sure. it was, for me, it's the most effective way, really. And, and I know when I did, um, when, I, when I put up Slowed Avenue, all right, uh, I was nowhere near a tube station or a bus stop. I mean, I didn't, there was no bus in the Sloan Avenue for a start, right? I mean, there was some that was detoured. But near well, tube station. Because all of your clients are chauffeur driven. 
Well, to a degree, right? But also, <laughs> yeah, you know, but they all live in the area. But I thought, right, there's no way, right, I'm going to be looking at clients from, say, Surrey, um, Hertfordshire, whatever. I'm going to be looking at, the, this is new clients, right? I'm talking about new clients. I'm going to be looking yeah. at clients run a call to me. And even though there was Richard Ward, there was Ada Capello, there was Harry's, there was Neville's, there's Daniel's, there's all these other salads, right? I thought to myself, right, if I could get one percent of their clientele coming to me, I'm gonna have a very I'm gonna have a very, very good business. And that's what I did. I did enough leaflets and I would sort of set the juniors out and they just blistered. Oh, this is all before happened, and it worked. Mm. All right, some some sort of yeah, most people never turned up, but it did work because, like I said, if I got one percent of their clientele, then I had a good business, and you know what? And people did, they did, yeah. if they did come, and yeah, that's it's what interesting, I isn't it? I mean, I remember writing a blog last year that was titled "New Tech Should Help, Not Hinder," and yeah. I was I was trying to explore you know, the differences in what we did like 20 years ago, you know, uh, and you was you brought it up in the last show, um, which we was talking about, you know, actually having that tangible thing, ha- actually having that thing in your hand and it being more reliable than this mm. these things up in the cloud, right? Yes. So I was racking my head around, yeah, I suppose in certain contexts these things work and, and basically I highlight in this blog post just about how people's, expenditure on digital products in the last 10 to 15 years have probably gone up over a thousand percent in terms of cost um you know when you look at your subscription when you look at Mm -hmm. the text messages like you say that you have to kind of there's some pricing attached to that when you look at having to spend money on facebook ads instagram ads uh, when you look at the actual time that goes into curating your channel or your gallery of work and all of those things, do you know what I mean? The mm. constant um, buzzing of notifications on your phone, you know, all of these things, you know, cost a huge amount of time. And it, and it was one of the arguments I put forward to, for why online booking doesn't really work, in my opinion, for hairdressing, because there's just too many variables. So if you're paying for an online booking system, you're still going to have to pay for a receptionist, because the receptionist has to communicate with the client to say, oh, was it a half a head you wanted, or was it a, a, a you know a root tint or a, a full head of highlights? Do you know what I mean? There's just too many yeah. variables that, the, that your actual customer won't actually know what they want and it can end up creating mistakes and at the bare minimum if it doesn't create a mistake your customer will end up having to phone the salon anyway so therefore your client is kind of annoyed because they've had to do it twice do you know what i mean and and there's Mm. all of these kind of unseen issues with this thing and you're paying for that you're paying a service to create yeah. some more issues for you to have to deal with long term. Do you know what I mean? So what happened? Yeah. So what happened yesterday then, right? With the um, with the sort of like Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, completely being completely down, right? Would Facebook compensate all these businesses that subscribe to their services? Uh, no, because there'll be something in the terms and conditions which basically exonerate themselves and and gives them indemnity to that. You know, if, because, if ever the you know, servers go it, down. 
because every business right relies on one client that will make a big difference right yeah yeah, yeah. You, know, you know what i mean and they you can only i can honestly sort of say if i was in business i would have sort of said to myself i missed that client in that mm. in that window of of, uh, of of complete shutdown right i potentially missed that client yeah do, do you know what i mean yeah, now, totally. Well, well, I mean, look, this is this is the reason why I advocate for decentralizing everything rather than, you know, centralizing everything. You are then prone to these kind of central points of failure. Yeah. In a centralized system, one thing goes wrong, the whole thing goes wrong. In a decentralized system, yeah, a branch may break off, but the the tree still grows around it do you know what i mean the tree yeah. still keeps growing um so yeah this is, analogy, you know, as you so, know so this is why this... i believe in bitcoin so much because it really is that that the value proposition of it is it's decentralized much like the internet you know the internet's never gone down do you know what i mean just yeah. like bitcoin has never as a network has never gone down so there's a lot to be said for the strongest computer network in the world in a decentralized setup and as we find out, you know, Facebook, yeah, it's fast and it's great, but there's one attack point. And, and all that was yesterday was they're probably updating servers or something. And literally um, the computer said no, like the Internet couldn't find where Facebook was, basically, it, for six it, hours. Is that right? Yeah, it's, the Internet, literally, the protocol was like, oh, but we believe Facebook to be over here. But someone had literally press the button that uh, hid it from the servers for about six hours. So not there was no damage, like nothing like disappeared. It didn't like disappear without a trace. It was there. It's just the protocol that obviously all of these tools are built on top of. Um, you know, basically couldn't couldn't find it because someone had, had removed the the roadway or the driveway to yeah. Facebook. Yeah. Um, you know, internally. Uh, so so yes, and and obviously this is the problem. Like I say. When you've got two billion people relying on a service like that, it then disappears like rats from a sinking ship, mate. They all disappear from Facebook. So I can imagine Telegram's user numbers went through the roof again yesterday. Twitter slowed down because obviously everyone was like, oh, well, if there's no social media, if there's no Facebook or Instagram, where else am I going to go? Do you know what I mean? I'm sure TikTok, you know, you could argue, oh, I wonder if someone's, someone's paid for Facebook to go down. Do you know what I mean? That's when all the conspiracy theories kind of come in. But no, it's normally human error. All of these things. Yeah. Well, it is human error, right? And, and and this is a thing like, you know, so like, um, no matter how powerful uh, software is, right? It, you know, it, it all comes down to sort of human, human being more, far more superior in, in, in a sense. So I, that I do understand. But it, it is interesting really how I, I kind of think that businesses businesses especially our industry should start being less noisy on social media and going back to really what they they learn really basically speaking i mean mm. when you know every hairdresser did learn facebook or social media or anything like that, right they, they 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 adopted it so but, but actually sort of going back to again what they learn and how to sort of do things properly the old-fashioned old-fashioned is not the word but in in a, in a in a more organic way, I, the, the better it will be for the industry. Really, I really do believe that. 
GoSalon automates your retail process. We connect you and your client to a distributor online that will fulfill your order and send it direct to your customer. This enables all of our users to earn commission without any extra work. It's that simple. Sign up today, gosalon.uk. What's your outlook over the next couple of months, Joe? Because obviously we've had some pretty earth-shattering news haven't we over the last few weeks you know furloughs ended uh supply shortages in terms of um petrol uh, have kind of gone through the roof um rishi announcing tax increases um the the ultimate denial by our government to deny that inflation is a thing um in fact can on inflation can i just play you? i've got a great clip about inflation right um this kind of really sums up the, like I say, I would, I would, I would call it brazen lie, the brazen lie by the politicians and the elites, um, because they they know what inflation is. But anyway, let me just let me just play you this clip. Not about a dollar amount. The dollar amount, as the president said, is zero. This bill will be paid for. So that was Nancy Pelosi. And yeah. she was who to a hairdresser during the pandemic and says, "Well, it wasn't my fault they were open." <laughs> yeah, exactly. You will remember Nancy Pelosi as being the politician who managed to open a salon up and have her hair done while the entire system was completely shut down, uh, and she didn't wear a mask throughout the appointment when everybody hey. else was dressed in full hazmat suits. So obviously, hey, she this did, is a hey, she did blame her, She blamed the salon as well. That was a funny thing. <laughs> Yeah, she yeah, and 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 when when this scandal came out, she threw the salon under a bus. She said, "Well, you know, this was their fault," and I can't remember, but you know, there was a big scandal. But this just goes to show that these so-called elected representatives are as evil as they come, because what she's essentially saying there is, we can print up three and a half trillion dollars, and it costs nothing. I'm sorry, Joe, but when you're maxing out your credit card and do you phone up the credit card company and ask them to increase the limit to pay back the the, the credit card balance? I mean, like, is that is that how credit cards work? Because it, in this world, in this politicians, the top 1%, they can just borrow, can't they? They just borrow against their assets. Borrow, borrow, borrow. I've got assets. I'll just keep borrowing. And I can borrow at 0%. So, you know, I just... I'm just a bit fearful that the idiocracy is already here and people will will swallow this as, you know, as this is what's happening. We've raised the debt ceiling, so therefore it's not going to cost anything in taxes. Well, what this does is it creates inflation and it debases the currency. So the pound in your pocket will be worth less. And if you're sat there thinking, oh, well, I'm just a, a, a hairdresser in the UK. How is this going to affect me? Well, I'll tell you how it's going to affect you. Because when America decides to print money, it's a signal for every central bank in the world to print money. And we have a central bank in the UK that prints money. And the first place that inflation shows up, Mr. Joe Mehmet, I would argue, is the high street. And who's struggling on the high street at the moment? Pretty much everybody. Because as prices go up, as prices go up, 
less people can afford to pay for those things. And what was Boris Johnson's answer to that? Increase the wage demands. Increase the wages. Exactly. So what is the point in increasing wages when your expenses go up at a higher rate than your wages go up? You're less That equals less worth off, right? So basically what we're seeing now in, in the world, I believe, is price discovery has been destroyed. You know, the natural free market is supposed to encourage pricing structures so we can price what is the the hourly rate of a hairdresser you know based on obviously all the things that go into that equation such as energy consumption product costs and all the things that go into you know charging for a one hour slot in your salon if the actual energy product costs all of those things the labor costs of that are going up at say 10 to 15 percent I mean, 40% if you if you include fuel and, and gas prices and all of that. Then how many hairdressers out there do you think are willing to put another 20-30% pay uh, price increase on their um, There's going to be hardly anybody because they're, they're, already, they're already scared of putting their prices up, right? Exactly. So, exactly. so you know, even, even 10%. Is not going to be enough. We've we'll discussed this in one of our shows. You know, the ideal. I was, you know, uh, what was it? Um, Zeno, the the, head, the barber who gave us some satoshis. Um, I, I was sort of, I recommended sort twenty percent to thirty percent, right? Ten percent is is the ideal, but it's not going to be enough in today's world. And right. and this is the thing that I find with with the, the the conservative party, their conference, right? You know, so their slogan is "Build Back Better." Having. <laughs> Their, their idea of build back better is destroy everything now so they can mm. rebuild, I suppose. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's going to be their narrative. It's right? another way of saying the Great Reset, the Fourth yeah. Industrial Revolution, you know, Klaus Schwab yeah. and all of those um, all of those kind of ideas. It is essentially this group think for, yeah, let's destroy the economy, then we can build it back better afterwards, yeah. you know. So, do you, do, do you yeah, think there's so many branches this? to this. Do you think it's all part of the um, WEF? You know the, um, the yeah, World of course Economic it is. Forum. This is all down to the World uh, Economic Forum. This is all down to the Trilateral Commission, and uh, as we know, pe- people that are on the Trilateral Commission include our very own opposition leader, Keir Starmer. Um, oh yeah, just for anyone uh, yeah. that didn't know, also on the Trilateral Commission was the your, the world's uh, most fo- uh, the world's most revered paedophile, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. He was also on the Trilateral Commission as well. So, you know, there's more to this than meets the eye. All I know is that when price discovery is destroyed, that means the economy is in free free fall. Because when you cannot price goods and services reliable, it means we're not in a free market and the mechanism driving the global markets is completely broken. I I know we're talking about economics, right? And, And people think, what's it got to do with hairdressing? It yeah. has an awful lot to do with hairdressing because, you know, our industry relies on on a vibrant economy as well. You know, when people are happy, when people are um, successful, they're making money, they will spend on on their hair as well. And it, it's, it's also it's one of those things that we discovered in COVID that one of the things that people will cut back on is the, this, this, it's their hair experience as well. 
really. Yeah. So, it, as we saw, record important. record numbers of um, clippers, hair clippers being yeah. sold during lockdown. That's right. So I mean, how many important. how many people have gone back to the barbers after that? Yeah, I, mean, I, I know there I was a bit, there was a brief brief moment, but it's it's not like it used to be, mate. And and you know, and and while this economy is still very fragile, especially with the uh, the petrol crisis. The, the food crisis, these eco idiots all stopping um, things from moving. Because again, right? How does it? How does a, a country get inflation by keeping it moving? The world has to keep moving, right? Mm. Now, when you got these uh, the Roger Hallam and their internet Britain, the exit rebels, stopping the country from moving, then it's a backlog. And when you got a backlog, then you're chasing. And when you're chasing, you're never going to catch up. Right. So, again, mm. th this government has created this um, this shortages, but not being positive in, in towards the, um, the, the the people. In fact, that these idiots stopping roads, right, stop from moving and they get yeah. away with it. Well, I mean, uh, like I say, I think this is 18 months of collective inertia i think max kaiser put it beautiful when he said you know things are not going to improve until morale improves um but he was talking about this you know the amount of energy uh, that you need to put into a thing to get it moving is a lot more than the amount of energy you need to put into a thing to keep it moving and what yeah. we've had we've had an, an economy which has essentially switched off been destroyed by government intervention over the last 18 months and now they're busy fighting fires because they're trying to blame an invisible virus uh, on on this impact. Uh, you know, we had to do it. it. You know, it was for your safety, your benefit that we had to destroy the economy, the economy over the last 18 months. And now what you've got is you've got uh, an enormous amount of people have been like let down by their government, let down by the system over the last 18 months that now cannot motivate themselves to get back on the bike and get back on the treadmill and, and, and rejoin the rat race. Because people have learnt, well, maybe maybe my job was a load of rubbish. Maybe I don't want to do that anymore, considering the state had given me X amount of pounds to sit at home. I'll just stay at home, you know, and I think we're going to see more of this. And I, and I, and I, do, I am fearful for the hairdressing industry because I do see a big slowdown this winter. Uh, the question is, Joe Mehmet, you know, are they going to try and um, restrict our trade again this winter? Because I'm seeing, you know, from our from our overlords, our professional bodies, I'm already seeing, you know, them giving advice on how to beat, you know, the difficult winter that we're we're coming out there. So the seeds are already being sown that we are heading into a dark winter. How difficult is a winter? You know, I mean, when they say a difficult winter, how do they define it? I mean. Personally speaking, right, I used to go to, as a junior, I used to go to work. As a, well, let's go to the 60s and 70s and 80s, right? I, I used to go to school in the winter. I used to go to, um, did my apprenticeship in the winter. And I used to go to work in the winter. So what's difficult about a difficult winter is when you've got a government, right, who's actually not providing the services they've been elected for. They're making it difficult. Yeah, exactly. Well, really? that, well, I mean, you can't really get much more difficult winter than last winter where we was closed from... We was closed for five months, weren't we? 
um, with zero warning as well. We we was closed throughout November. We was allowed to open for two weeks, and then we were closed for the next five months. So you can't get much more difficult winter than that, and that allowed the inertia to creep in. And then obviously, you know, a lot of people in the industry were being furloughed. They were getting paid to sit at home. Then we opened up in April, and things have been pretty good for a few months. But I don't know about you, Joe, but I've certainly seen a decline in bookings in September and October. I don't know about you. I have got, I've got one. I've got one appointment this week on Friday, yeah. and that's it. Nothing mm. at all for the next um, couple of weeks. So it's a death. I don't know if they're sort of holding back, but I must admit I'm quite glad in a way because you know I've got petrol in my car. But petrol is in my car for an emergency, not to go and do clients, to be honest with you. And, you know, uh, and the way the weather is at the moment, I've got no petrol in my motorbike bike for a start, so I can't use my motorbike. bike. And mm. the petrol station around the corner, um, they haven't had any petrol for six days. And this is the thing again, right, Aaron, right? The rest of the country, it seems to be getting back to normal. And yet London is complete gridlock with, uh, with, with um, no petrol. So how can London, right, which is very pivotal to the, um, to the country's economy, be, uh, be dry, and yet there's, there's petrol stations um, in numbers around, around uh, the countryside. So I don't really understand Boris Johnson's um, sort of like narrative, sort of saying, oh, there's, there, we're getting on top of it. My petrol station, I was speaking to um, the guy yesterday. They haven't had petrol for six days, Aaron. And it, 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 it can't give me a day when they're going to get petrol in either. Yeah. It yeah, is. and they can't. They don't earn enough, unfortunately, no. from selling crisps and chocolate and Exactly. Uh, and so and for me, Starbucks, I'm, I'm so. quite glad that, you know what, I'm not working because I would be in trouble, man. Yeah. I would be in yeah, trouble. Yeah, totally. Totally. All right then, Joe. Well, look. I think we've done with that. If I can just sum up this whole thing with just one comment. Um, there's, I don't know if you've heard of this quote, but there's a quote from Frederick Bastiat, who was a 19th century liberal economist. And he said, When plunder becomes a way of life for a group of men in, in a society, over the course of time they create for themselves a legal system that authorises it and a moral code that glorifies it. Welcome to the world in 2021. I know, it, it, it's, it's pathetic, it really is pathetic. And can I, can I just give a quick shout out for... Um... Yeah, I was going to say, trust no one. Yeah, yeah give a, uh, a shout out to Liz Trust, our foreign secretary. You know, I oh, is this your under the bus? Well, not under the I bus. Know. I don't refer under the bus, but I just find it very funny. Our foreign secretary, right? Yeah, she saw she she gave up sort of like a build back better uh, on the Conservative Conference Party, right? In um, thinking, she goes, she, she she's going to be tough on those who don't share our values as a British values and don't play by the rules. And she as she attacks um, China, right? Now, you know, she's talking to China. Yet we've got a shortage of petrol, shortage of food. We've got winter of discontent coming, and yet, you know, we should say to China, well, you know, you don't share our values, so we're going to be tough with you. I mean, <laughs> where in a modern world, right, do you have a shortage of food and petrol, uh, and then you go around preaching to the um, to the perverted? I mean, I just find it completely astonishing these politicians think that they're uh, 
they can just sort of bleed anything they want right without being ridiculed. I do find it quite interesting. Anyway, next next subject. Hello. Right then, Joe. Um, I have another shout out here. Um, I we received a few uh, anonymous Bitcoin donations uh, last week, um, which was quite impressive. As you know, the Salonomics chat. I have set up lightning tip payments as well, so that we can basically send people money for contributing to the conversation. So if you want to check that out, then I would uh, I would advise that you download the Telegram Telegram app, search for Salonomics, join our group, and come and see how the decentralized future of money is going to work. Because they may try and kill cash, Joe Mehmet. But the one thing, the one hope that I've got is the fact that they cannot kill Bitcoin. Um, so as you know, I'm a big Bitcoin advocate. Um, but, you know, Salonomics is the business side of, hair, of the hair and beauty sector with no BS. We'd like you to support the show because unlike any other industry broadcast, Salonomics has decided to be a solely listener supported production. This means the listeners contribute to the show both financially and through engaging in the subjects that we talk about. Please help us by becoming a supporter and passing the word that Salonomics is the only show which air, airs your grievances and shares your passions. I will do this whole read uh, without a mistake soon, I'm sure. Uh, your contributions help us to continue to bring you the content that other creators cannot dare to. If you want a shout out, or to get something off your chest in an anonymous way, critique a colleague, burn a bridge, or throw someone under a bus, make sure you send us a note via PayPal. Just go to salonomics.com, and there's a little button on there you can press, and doesn't matter what the donation, just turn whatever your value is into a number and send it to us with a note, and we'll be sure to give you a shout-out on the show. Like I was saying, Joe, so some people have been streaming us some Satoshis because you know we're on the podcasting 2.0 platform. Yes. Uh, and you know what's so great about podcasting 2.0, Joe? Is that it won't go down. It won't go down because it's built on the Bitcoin network. And not only will it not go down, Joe Mehmet, people can send us Satoshis to keep us up and running. So there's no third-party payment processor so in between. So how many hairdressers do you know who's got Bitcoin, who's got Satoshis to give to you? Wow. Um, but I know what. Yeah. I know I what. know one, two. I, I probably know, only know about three or four, if I'm perfectly honest to you. I'm sure there's many more out there, Joe, but they just don't want to broadcast the fact that they have... <laughs> That they Bitcoin. have Bitcoin, you know, and that's the uh, beauty of it, you know. Uh, I, unfortunately, I lost all of my Bitcoin in a boating accident, so that's why I'm trying. What, what to do you mean you lost all your Bitcoin in a boating accident? What do you well, mean? I, I lost all my Bitcoin in a boating accident. This is this is the meme that Bitcoiners do for when the government comes knocking. They're like, we're uh, we're aware that you've uh, got Bitcoin. Yeah, sorry, I lost it all in a boating accident. Um, yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't have so it. But why would the government come knocking on your door because you got Bitcoin? Is it is it illegal? Is it? No, it's not illegal. Bitcoin isn't illegal. It's just it's... Um, if they believe that you were dodging capital gains tax and things like that because you're buying and selling Bitcoin and and all of that stuff, um, then I guess you know they'd they'd, they'd want to tax you 
on it. Right, um, but right. obviously, if you don't sell your Bitcoin, you don't create say, that tax taxable event. I was going to um, say, if you don't sell it, then you don't, you don't pay it. It's so simple as that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's right. I mean, the future really is you will be able to collateralize your Bitcoin and you'll be able to borrow against it. Because this is, this is what the elite don't want you to know, Joe Mehmet. The 1%, they don't want you to know that they can buy whatever they want and get loans for it at 0%. And then they use that collateral to borrow more money, to buy more stuff. So they're all rent seekers. But obviously in a Bitcoin world, they wouldn't be able to do that, you see. Because Bitcoin is... is a unit of account that cannot be manipulated by government. So there's only ever going to be 21 million of it, and it's a provable uh, digital currency, well, which so you can prove they, whether so, you've got it. What? So then, but then, then how will government survive? How will that? Well, the government, government will survive. Well, the, this What's, is so. I tell you how the the governments will survive going forward. There's two ways, really. They can turn to a Dubai or Monaco-based system, which is a consumption-based, tax-based system, which, you know, puts a sales tax on everything that you buy. I mean, obviously, we've already got well, America's that. Got that. America's, got, America's got that system already. I mean, Americans have do own. have that system, but they also have a federal tax and they also have a sales tax. And, and so, both so, of yeah. those taxes are different. Uh, depending on what region of the country you're in. You know, that's why the American system's so beautiful because their state system over there is highly competitive. You know, yeah. you don't like the regulations in one state. Well, you just move next door. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where the, the regulations aren't as strong. In the UK and the Commonwealth in general, we don't really have that... Um, we don't really have that competitive model. So um, you either have to kind of disintermediate yourself remove yourself from the grid or abide by all the rules do you know what i mean and and the problem is obviously with these governments and successive governments they always put taxes up joe but as you know they never ever bring taxes down so there's gonna there's gonna get to a point where there's the last straw is gonna break the camel's back and you know and, and, and so this is so this is, in a nutshell, how the government are looking to get out of it. Within three years, we will have central bank digital currencies. Britcoin, if you like. yeah, B-R-I-T-C-O-I-N. Britcoin will come out. And basically, the entire government will only be able to print money and print money in order to keep itself going. But the money that you get in welfare, whether it be a tax credit, universal basic income... Uh, income support, job seekers, that money will come from the central bank digital currency. And it will have a negative interest rate, which means you cannot save it because it will just lose value over time. Well, you have to spend it. You have to spend it. You have to spend it. But this is where the draconian China social credit system comes in. The government will say, well, sorry, you can't spend this money at that store. You can only spend it at this government regulated store over here well if, but if you're on we welfare know, if you if you're on welfare right you can only spend it on certain things i mean you, you don't go to this sort of bookies are you or you don't go to a football match or anything like that right you're going to spend it on essentials which is the whole point of the welfare system right yeah yeah no th- this is true but by destroying the economy they're forcing people into the welfare system there's a lot of there's a lot of humble uh, and proud people out there that don't want to be 
part of the welfare system, but they've had their businesses destroyed over the last 18 months. And it's... I wonder you know, if Roger Hallam was on the welfare system. Well, Roger Hallam probably is on the welfare system. This he is probably, probably is. why he can sit in the road all day and not <laughs> that, actually earn right. any money because the government are paying him to sit in the road all day. That's right. And this, is what, right. this is what I'm so angry about, Joe. You know, this is a very dystopian model going forwards. And the only way that we can really stop it is to push back, hold the line, say, no, this is not all right, because the government will print money and pay people to sit at home. But in future, they'll be paying people not to challenge the government. And that's where it gets very, very Orwellian and dystopian. Well, um, well yeah, well, that, well that's, that, that, is, that is their... Uh, I, that is the, their... Um... The, abonet, the ideology. That that's that's that's, that's what their, they're thinking. They're thinking that's of every a government's utopia. That is every yeah. government's utopia. I guess they're thinking really. of a, a technocratic world where everything will yeah. be reliant on software, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, politicians. They're also. I mean, this process is also going to disintermediate politics as well because politicians will no longer be necessary. Because if voting and democracy and everything's all done via software and done on the blockchain then what good is their policy? You know, it'll be well, like X Factor. You'll all get a chance to vote on policy. Um, yeah. And I'm uh, sure there's well, a quote about, um, you know, letting the masses vote. What's that quote about, you know, if voting actually changed anything, you wouldn't, they wouldn't allow you to do it? Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> It's the irony of uh, democracy, right? Yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's that's my rant o over. Um, my under the bus this week, Joe. Go on, who's going to be? Are you going to throw under the bus today, matey? I'm going to throw. I'm going to have to throw Boris Johnson under the bus. Um, <laughs> he was he was interviewed. Well, I think, I think you I think you tell, you said enough to sort of throw. He's already under the bus, isn't he? You'd have to throw him he's, under the bus. Uh, he's he's drowning. <laughs> he's drowning. Yeah. He's been flattened. <laughs> he's been flat. He's, he's under the bus. The bus has gone over him. Uh, yeah. But the, uh, 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 the, concrete, the tarmac roller <laughs> is, has just yeah. rolled over him as well, just to make yeah. sure. It's like that yeah. scene in Fish Called Wanda. Do you remember that? Yeah, remember that's that right. That's right. Yeah, um, brilliant movie. Yeah, so I heard him this morning, Joe, um, talking on LBC. Uh, he wasn't allowing the host to get a question in edgeways. He was just on this Ooh, rambling, Nick Ferrari. rambling, Nick Ferrari. bumbling. Uh, what's that? Yeah, Nick Ferrari show this morning, and they're going to be playing it on LBC throughout the day. You'll be able to find the clips on YouTube. Maybe I'll add it up here uh, on the show as well. But essentially, Joe, he said, uh, when pushed by Ferrari about inflation, he essentially said, "Well, the inflation is only here because of the supply chain crisis. Once we solve the supply chain crisis, inflation will disappear." Now, obviously, yeah, right. as we know, inflation yeah. comes when the government prints money out of fresh air. And Rishi's just announced tax rises for national yeah. insurance and corporations. And it, it is sort of said time, that they will, it will lower the taxes when, when, when the time is right. It is saying that, which I find it. Oh, here we go. Yeah, but they, they, they listen, actions speak louder than words, don't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. And his actions have. And every time I see him post on LinkedIn, I always yeah. troll him because he announces, oh, a five, min, a five billion pound agenda to get people back into work. Another one billion pound agenda over here to train apprentices up. So every single time I just post, where are you getting the money from, mate? 
Where's the money yeah, coming from? Well, I, I don't. It, it, they really are. Uh, I, this guy, yeah, Boris Johnson does need to be um, not. Sh- Pushed under the bus, mate. He needs to stay there for a start. You know yeah. what I mean? It is, it is, yeah, it is bewildering. It really is. Uh, it is awful, bewildering, mate. Awful, so, yeah, Boris awful. Johnson, flat as a pancake. Um, <laughs> we don't need yeah. you anymore. You need, to, you need to go. And you need to... You need to hush, basically. Because everything that you're saying is a lie. Everything yeah. is an outright lie. Uh, so I don't understand I don't understand how how you know people aren't revolting in this country already do you know what I mean maybe they are maybe they are I I mean like I said to you I I, I talked to a few people on my dog walks right yeah so like and the, 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 the impression I get right is that they actually all we all agree that this Government is a mess. It's a joke of a government. Even though I live in this like a liberal elite sort of labour um, sort of borough, right? I mean, they do, they're all a joke. They're, they're the um, the Labour and the Conservatives, right? It's, yeah, forget the Green Party, all those other idiots, right? They don't, they don't come into play. But the two main parties and the politicians that play these play their parts, they're all a big joke. And I, I just find it... I think people are scared uh, of uh, revolting. I think they want to revolt, but they're scared of revolting. One, because of COVID. Yeah, it doesn't matter if, uh, if you're a denier or an anti-vaxxer or whatever, right? People are scared, one way or another. You know, you're yeah. scared of giving your children um, the vaccinate, vaccine, and people are scared or against with uh, from against people uh, who haven't been vaccinated, do you know what I mean? So there's a fear factor on two levels, uh, and because there's this sort of like uh, barrier now of, of fear, it, it restricts people from actually doing what they want to do. So this government will get away with murder, Aaron. They're really yeah. They I think away. I think they have over the last eighteen months, mate. I think it's all coming apart. The scenes. I I, I think that the biggest word for it really is demoralisation. Yeah. People are just demoralised, and and when you're dealing with a demoralised constituency, they're more malleable. They're more malleable to anything, you know. Um, I, listen, I I was I I supported Boris, you know, when he came in because he was talking positively, and it was the first time in literally years any politician had spoke positively. You know, the message he got across: let's get Brexit done, let's stop kicking the can down the road. You know, we're Great Britain, we're going to return it to, you know. It was positive, but everything yes. he's saying now, it's just not washing because these people are detached from reality. We've got a, a vast population in the country that's been demoralised by government intervention over the last 18 months. And and like I say, if, if he's trying to destroy the NHS, if he's destroy, trying to destroy politics, I know for a fact he's trying to destroy money in this country uh, and he's trying to... Yeah, I don't, I don't know why, why his agenda is, but I, I think all of these politicians now, they're all patsies, mate. They're all going to retire in a couple of years with a hefty bank balance. Well, look uh, at the Pandora's, with... Pandora's Papers, right? Yeah. All, 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 you know, all these, all these millionaires, right? They could do anything they want with their money. I don't care. They, they, they work for it. They're good, but the politicians, yeah, hiding their money. That's a different yeah. story. Yeah, they're hypocrites, aren't they? Absolute yeah. hypocrites. Anyway, before we go on another tangent, Joe Mehmet, um, what are you up yes. to this week? 
we, where can people find you? And let's wrap the show up. Um, Salma makes on Telegram, LinkedIn. That's on Twitter. But you know what? I'm, I'm going to come off social media to go to you, Aaron. I'm, I'm going I'm to just stick to um, Telegram, I think, and LinkedIn. I'm going to come off Twitter for a start, right? So yeah. It's, it's, it's a good just going to be... Uh, Telegram and and um, LinkedIn. That's where you can find me. Whereas they can find you. Yeah, I'm all over uh, the place. I, I, you can find me everywhere. Just type in Aaron Dawn Hair. I'll come up. Um, but I do have my own website, AaronDawn.com, where my gallery yes. is on because I'm going back into like teaching uh, and a bit a bit more session work. Hopefully in the next couple of months, Brilliant. mate. So I'll report back. Um, yeah, uh, if you want to make retail easy for yourself, if you want to check out the future of salon retail or the future of any retail, really, go and check out gosalon.uk. Uh, we are trying to create a massive physical affiliate network. And also, I just want to shout out that Salon International is in a couple of weeks' time. Me and Joe will be going there. Yes, and also, check out wait. the Telegram. Yeah, also check out the Telegram group for the uh, giveaway of the Essex hairdressers tickets. But for now, Joe Mehmet, I bid you farewell. Farewell. Sleep. Uh, later, be, be, be peace. What's, what's uh, Spock's famous? What, what was this Spock's um, Star Trek? Be oh, peace, I don't whatever know. it was. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right, mate. <laughs> Go forth and multiply. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's a Turkish. uh, That's a Turkish thing. That was go forth and multiply. (laughs) Oh, there you go. There you go. All right then, mate. Bye, mate. Cheers for today. Speak to you soon. Take care. Bye, mate. Not about a dollar amount. The dollar amount, as the president said, is zero. This bill will be paid for.